Welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I am your host, Nana Bonsu. I am the president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com, where we help business owners increase the value of their business so they can free up their time and be able to transition uh, using whatever options that they desire. Every week, this podcast talks about a different topic of importance to business owners. And this week, we are going to be talking about succession planning. I have with me a guest today who has been through succession planning before. Um, and uh, I'm going to read a little bit about his background, which is impressive. Uh, his name is Joseph Situ. Joseph is uh, principal and senior vice president uh, with over 21 years of experience uh, prior to joining Morton Capital Management. Um, since uh, August 2007, he's also served as the Director of Investment Research for Georgina Asset Management LLC uh, over in Santa Monica, California. Uh, he began his investment career with Sanford Bernstein and Company in 1998. He's a chartered financial analyst. And additionally, he's also a certified exit planning advisor, a certified financial planner, and a member of Provisors. He's the president of the Carnehoe Valley chapter of the Exit Planning Institute. Interestingly, he also uh, earned his black belt degree in Craft MAGA and was an instructor for nearly a decade. He successfully completed a Sea Lift Cocoa Camp 37 in June um, 2015. He's married with two daughters and resides in Agora Hills, California. Welcome to the show, jo Joseph. Thank you so much, Nana. It's uh, great to be here and uh, looking forward to our discussion today. Wonderful. Now, I mean, I mean, Joe is Joe. Joe is uh, Joe is Joe is a hero of mine. He's, I believe, you were you, you like a seal or something like that. You, no, no, no. I did. I did a civilian course with uh, Mark Devine, uh, right? Called Seal Fit uh, Kokoro. That's uh, three days for uh, wannabe uh, civilians who want to go through. Uh, okay. <laughs> a course on what they do with the Navy SEAL. So it was. It was a lot of fun. It was extremely uh, painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you test it tests you mentally and physically beyond belief. So I would encourage you to sign up. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe too late for me, but <laughs> uh, I'm not as young as I look. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, so you've been through succession planning before in your own career. I mean, yeah. in addition to actually, um, I mean, you, you've walked the walk. You don't just advise uh, owners on how to sure. do succession planning. You've gone through it. Could you describe just your journey? I mean, I, I think I gave a little bit of yeah. background so, to bio. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I joined our company now in 2007. Uh, but prior to that, I, I had first started my career with a big Wall Street firm, Sanford Bernstein. They came out of New York, had a Los Angeles office that I joined in the late 90s and worked in private wealth management there for several years. I actually left and started a registered investment advisory firm uh, in 2000 with one of the partners. Uh, we ran that for about seven years. And as I was you know, graduating in my career, I had done the CFA program and, and was looking to sort of um, put myself in a position to be an advisor. And so I joined Morton Capital in 2007 as one of the, um, an employee and uh, for a number of years, actually, at that time, Lon Morton, who had founded the firm, had recently sold to a bank. We were a wholly owned subsidiary of the bank. With the great financial crisis of 2008, um, the bank was ended up being recapitalized and bought by a private equity group. And so we were 
brought along as part of that transaction. Fast forward a couple of years, and uh, in 2011 or 12, um, Union Bank came in and bought that asset. We were still part of Union Bank now for for until 2013, at which point Lon um, and and some of the other principals at the firm were able to buy the company back. And at that point, five of us were owners, and so that was my my uh, journey into becoming a partial minority owner in the business. And really, over those next few years, um, started getting more involved as I had built my practice as a financial advisor here, working more with business owners. And through that event, and when we actually, um, you know, Lon passed away in 2017. Um, seeing the transition that we had gone through at really an internal succession where the management had been handed over to really uh, a couple of my other partners were running more of the day-to-day. I was doing a lot more on the business development side and recruiting. I'd recruited in a number of other advisors, seeing the intersection between what it takes um, being a business owner and a successful transition, being on the backside of it, again, as a G2 owner, second generation owner, um, I really think that he did a phenomenal job in terms of transitioning the business to others, um, both from an equity and a management standpoint, but then also, you know, setting himself up and his other partners up for success, uh, his family. Um, you know, we, we have a leg up in the sense that being financial advisors, we're pretty well versed in estate planning and tax and insurance and cash flow planning that um, that's, those are the services we provide. So that, that was a little bit about my journey, but it helped really sort of prompt for me this desire and to help business owners close the gap, right? Because they're so busy running their business that so many of them don't have a chance to think through what thoughtful succession planning really looks like, not only for the business, but for themselves personally, for their family, uh, for their staff, their clients, their suppliers. There's just a myriad of different factors that, that go on. Yeah, so it's you know it's it's a bit more complex than than you know it seems on the surface. It's it's, just, it's not just the owner, but all the different relationships. And, oh, yeah, yeah. There's and a like, huge ripple effect, right? If if it's yeah. done well or if it's not done well. Yeah, and and uh, because two things, I think one of the couple of things that I wanted to kind of pivot off of what you just said was number one was because. You guys um, are in the financial advisory business, you know, you had the knowledge. So, so ordinary business owners will need that knowledge. That's a gap, and that's that's where you know you can help uh, with you know, sharing some of the. And the second thing is the statistic, given that you are a certified exit planning advisor, where the exit planning institute have this statistic where I think that like you know only like twelve percent, like thirty percent, are able to transition to the second generation, and like twelve percent to the third. You know, so. That seems like a pretty low statistic. That maybe what you do, I assume, is one of the one of the motivations to help you kind of yeah. improve those numbers. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great point. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer. Uh, you know, I admire business owners. They're a different breed, right? Um, they where they where many people see risk, they see opportunity. They are willing to um, really just say to the world, "Hey, I have an idea. I want to bet on myself. I believe I can do something to." improve the quality of my own life, of my community, of, of my clients. And it's really sort of thread into the fabric of our country in terms of entrepreneurial, you know, the capital system. Um, and I, I can't think of a better way for 
you know, individuals who want to um, create something to have a platform to, to do that. Um, and so, but when you see the statistics, right, around how, you know, 50% of uh, exits are not voluntary, right? Whether it's divorce, divorce, disagreement, distress, uh, disability, or premature death. And I've seen a number of that. It's, you can't help, but I feel like a sort of a drawing to help redefine what a financial advisor can do, right? I think we are blessed in many ways to, and have a responsibility to help owners because we are in a position of a lifelong relationship and we have the knowledge, right? I think the accountants and the financial advisors typically are two professions that can really help um, take succession planning to the next level. And so I want to be part of that. And I want to help business owners who, I mean, they sacrifice, right? It's a big risk. And so how can we help them succeed? Because when we help them succeed, we help our community succeed. We help their clients. Again, we're benefiting, I think, our economy and our society, not just monetarily, but but on so many other levels yeah. um, as well. Yeah, so many unsteady ways. I mean, just in a healthy relationships. Just yeah, like you know, it's 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 much you know bigger, much deeper than just uh, financial. Um, the one of the things that you know, number one is because, and I know you used to have a podcast, uh, Ripcord Moment, and one of the episodes mm-hmm. where one of your guests mentioned that leadership is really important, and you mentioned that your leader uh, that did the, the the transition, the succession uh, plan was to well, really make sure that it was as smooth as possible. Um, what was, because in, in general, like a lot of times, a lot of business owners, and you you touched on this, they're so focused on your day-to-day running of your business that, yep. you know, this succession plan thing doesn't show up as a, as a to-do list, or it's not urgent, at least to them, until it's time to, you know, retire. All of a sudden, they wake up one sure. day, they realize, oh, I got to get somebody in there. So what was it that, you know, you, this person, uh, your, your leader, you know, knew that allowed him to um, successfully prepare somebody and how long did it take for them, uh, for, 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 for him to be able to do a successful smooth transition uh, and how, what can business owners uh, learn from that? Yeah, I think it really comes down to the, when a lot of it comes to a degree of humility in many ways. And while I think, and, and it's something I think that many owners need to understand and take time to really reflect. One is, one is, I think, getting clear on their intention. Do they have a lifestyle business or do they have a business, what I call transferable enterprise value, right? Where they ultimately want to create something that is greater than them as an individual. And if they do, they have to really, I think, do some soul searching into what that is and understand that the legacy of the part of the process is creating something that's going to outgrow them as an individual, right? And so, to that end, in order for that to be successful, they have to set up the systems and the people that will run the systems uh, and the business so that the business can run without the, the owner, right? And so in order to do that, then they have to, once they come to that realization and they've gone, you know, they've mentally made that commitment, then it becomes, again, I think making sure that they set up time to look at and work on the business from a strategic standpoint not just day-to-day, you know, in the weeds and empowering those around them to take different responsibilities and accountability and ownership, uh, whether that's actual equity ownership or ownership of the projects, really, Mm -hmm. of 
um, different tasks. And that's going to, that's a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling, I think, for many of us, because you're letting go, right? There are, you know, mistakes, if you will call it, or we, we really try to refer to them as opportunities for growth. And what do we learn through the process that um, naturally causes a, a bit of discomfort, right? Um, but that's the only way that we as humans grow is when we go through a period of discomfort and then we become incrementally better along the way. And so um, but I think that was one thing that, that Lon did really well was A, he, he was able to think through like, hey, I, I want something bigger than just myself. And he was not afraid to delegate. And I think he realized, he was able to realize what he was really good at which was being a visionary. He was incredibly gifted with individuals in terms of sales, but the sort of day-to-day management wasn't necessarily his cup of tea. And so finding other people who could take that and leverage their strengths, um, those tend to be the kind of owners who go on to have successful exits. Now, one of the main things that, um, because there are different exit options and um, this succession planning, you know, in your case, it's, it's more like internal, like, right. and, and so the, what are the, the, um, the triggers or the, so like, you know, you will start with, you know, people's motivation, the founders motivation, like you mentioned, if they want to create, whether it's a lifestyle or let's just say they've, they've decided they want something bigger than themselves. Um, how do we know which, uh, why is um, an internal succession, uh, internal transition, uh, would work, you know, best. Um, and, and I'm sure you're going to mention culture, but, and what's the difference between transitioning to employees and management versus transitioning to your kids? Yeah. So, I mean, there, that's a very complicated question. There's a, there's a lot <laughs> yeah, to unpack. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I think it's, I think it's a, a fascinating one. I think, you know, um, one is assessing, right. Cause for many owners, the dream is to pass it along to the kids. Right. I think, they, they really have to have, again, a real hard look, an honest assessment around, A, what, what's the, you know, what are the kids' desires and not just assume. Uh, and they've got to be willing to have an open conversation about that. And I think also be willing to hear from the, you know, the, the next generation, their kids' perspective uh, without taking offense or putting pressure on them. But then I think simultaneously, they also have to assess the skill set of any experience of, of those kids uh, or that next generation um, and their ability to actually run the business. Not And really, we're meeting the business on where it is at that life cycle, right? I'm working with a client right now, for example, like they're in a very high growth trajectory, right? Um, and so that requires, I think, a different set of leadership skills, a different set of, of management skills. Uh, even technical skills. And so you've got a line where the business is of itself, right? With the kids desire to want to do this and their capability. But I also think you got to assess the, the alignment between the existing management team and how are they going to feel about, you know, bringing in new leaders and those are going to be tough conversations. And so though I would imagine that there's, there's just got to be a period of time of gestation um, and trust that is built. Uh, certainly, if so, that's on the one hand, Mr. Question. If you're looking at um, a succession event where you've got uh, you're leveraging your existing management team, again, I think many of the same questions come into play, right? Um, 
were they there? They may be, they were there as a good employee, as a good manager, but are they really wanting to step up to the plate and take on this financial responsibility? Certainly there's a lot of upside, but if they're actually buying the equity of the business, how are they going to finance that? Is that a liability that they want to take on? Do they have the, the desire to be an owner and everything that goes with it? Uh, and then again, are they the right management team for where the business is at that uh, stage of, of the life cycle? So there's, again, there's a lot to really think through. And I think to your point earlier, you brought it up, why this is not something that can be done in a very short period of time, at least for, for most companies. There, there needs to be a runway. And that was one of the points that was made to me by Chris Passmore in our discussion on mandatory succession, that it can take years um, for, uh, for this to be implemented properly. Yeah, I think he, I think uh, Chris mentioned on the Ripcord Moment podcast that he, he hosts is, um, uh, you know, you got to kind of date first before you get married. So yeah, I think yeah. it's a wonderful analogy. Right. Um, what is the number one myth or misconception that business owners have about succession planning? Um, I think one is even the words that we even use as professionals, you know, we use the term exit planning or even succession planning. And I think that in many ways does a disservice to the owners that it's something that's this sort of one-time event right at the end. And while there are pieces of it that feel like that, many of the, the, what I've come to learn and even some of the training we've been through, many of the business principles, they're just good business principles in terms of how to run your business is how to thread that through it's not just at the end, right? And so this idea of delegation, of setting up your systems, of the ability for the business to run without you, even though you still own it, right? But in terms right. of not every decision has to go through the owner, nor should it, because if it is, then you don't have a business that's transferable and inevitably you run into burnout, right? More easily. Right. Uh, so I think that is is the biggest mis- misconception coupled with, uh, again, the time that it's going to take I think for many people, it takes a lot longer than they're anticipating. So my strong suggestion is, and one of the things we've actually developed a consulting practice where we're working with owners years ahead of the transaction so that we're helping them think through, right? There are eight, essentially the eight different areas of a business, the eight functional areas, right? Whether it's the sales, the marketing, the people, the operations, legal finance, et cetera, are each of those areas running as optimally as possible. And if you can start to do that early on in the life cycle of the business, it's guess what? It's going to set you up for better growth if that's your trajectory, right? Or it's going to put you in a position to be as optimal. I mean, I can't tell you the number of, of unsolicited offers owners are getting these days from a strategic buyer, you know, a private equity group, because they have their own agenda of rolling up different companies in that industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, look, the reality is that. Um, if you're doing these things along the way, your ability to be stronger at the negotiating table just goes up exponentially. You just increase your options uh, infinitely, right? You're opening up all different kinds of doors, potential doors for yourself uh, as an owner. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think I think that all ultimately it all you know ends up making your making your company more valuable because you mentioned about growth. There's also mitigating your risk and all of those Absolutely. things factor yeah. into valuation. Absolutely. Um, what is the first um, step that you know mm-hmm. business owners need to take when it comes to uh, being ready for succession planning? 
One of the very first things that we do is, uh, you know, we'll have a preliminary discussion and sort of fill out what they want to do. But let's say they've made the commitment to, to do something. Um, we do a pretty deep dive assessment. Uh, we use a system. Uh, it's called the VOP, uh, Value Opportunities Profile um, Pipeline. Um, and it's a, it's a very in-depth diagnostic tool that, again, uh, we'll sit down with the, the CEO and their leadership team and depending on the size of the company, uh, this may be a half day or a full day exercise, but we're doing a deep dive at looking at, again, <clears throat> the leadership uh, team. What's their frequency of, what's the planning that's done at the firm of the company? Um, what do their operations look like? What is their people strategy? Uh, where are they at from a legal contract standpoint? What's their finance strategy? What is their sales and marketing strategy? So again, those eight functional areas of the business and by having multiple views in the room, right, you're able to get different points of view. You're able to look and uncover some potential blind spots that uh, either the department heads or the uh, owner may not know exist. And then from there, right, then we are in a position to come back and say, hey, look, you know, your operations is really good, right? But you're really lacking in your, you know, your people strategy or your strategic planning perhaps really isn't as buttoned up as it should be, right? Or you really, you know, you want to look at doing this with your marketing. So then it's, you start to lay out actionable items that the owner and their team can start to take to then drive value into the business. Oh, that's great. Uh, where should people focus their efforts you know, if they want to ensure a smooth transition, both the short term and the long term? Yeah, again, I think uh, it comes down to really doing, one is getting a clear idea to the extent possible on what your North Star is, right? And a lot of this comes down to strategic planning, both for the business and for the, for the owner personally. If they, you know, I don't know if it was Mark Twain or whoever it said, like, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road's going to get you somewhere else type of thing, where if you don't have a clear idea on where you're going, then um, you're just going to kind of muddle along day to day. So getting that North Star in place personally, uh, both personally and uh, on the business, you know, you got to do. So that's kind of like starting with the end in mind. Then, you know, I'm a strong believer in, again, doing this assessment where you really have got to be open to being vulnerable on what are your strengths and weaknesses. Again, on the personal side, you know, have you quantified, right? Are you, are you knowing what your cash flow is on a personal basis? Have you done your estate plan, right? Do you know what you need uh, if, you know, you want to retire in five years and starting to get those things dialed in? On the business side, again, that assessment that I discussed will really help us pinpoint where you are today. And then once you have those two sort of data points, then it's much easier to craft a plan to take you from where you are today to where you want to get to. Uh, the other thing I would suggest is, again, creating a team, both, uh, uh, right, obviously think about it, your team in your business, but your external team of advisors and getting them to meet on a regular basis uh, with you so that they're communicating. So whether that's your, your financial advisor, your accountant, your estate attorney, uh, your, uh, your, your insurance professional, um, and then externally, you're gonna to need to think about, uh, again, more of a, if you're looking at an investment banker or a business broker for a third-party transaction, you may need a business coach, right? And so while we're acting in some capacity here around that, there's definitely areas where I think 
uh, bringing in perhaps a business coach might make sense. Uh, but assembling that, that team of professionals who can help guide you along the way would be something I would also strongly um, encourage owners to do. Yeah, no, and, and that, that sets us off nicely for, for, uh, for what, I'm, what I'm about to promote, which is that's what essentially this show, I, I consider it to be like a virtual external advisors. I, I mean, in lieu of, um, I mean, the format is meant to kind of show the paradigm that you just mentioned, right? Because every week we talk about a different aspect. Like today, this week we're talking about succession planning. Next week we may be talking about something you know, you know, legal or mm-hmm. something related to cybersecurity. So, but the different perspectives for the different areas really helps the owner to think differently about uh, what options they have and just thinking outside of your business and how that fits into the overall life and, and master plan. So that's uh, that's interesting. Um, what advice or final you know thoughts do you have uh, for business owners? Uh, you know, I think one is get educated, right? There's a lot of resources out there. Um, don't be intimidated, even though the, the process can feel overwhelming, and it is in many ways. Um, start to get yourself educated early, right? Podcasts, um, Googling, talk to your, talking to professionals, exploring different options, get into maybe, a, you know, something like an EO or a Vistage group or another group where there are other owners and that you can just bounce ideas off of, um, or, you know, again, not be afraid to, um, you know, ask those questions that you just really don't know, know the answers to. So start early, get yourself educated would be a, a couple of the critical things. And then going back to what I mentioned before, um, having a structured process in place helps to really move the needle. Don't feel like you got to tackle it all on your own. Uh, you got to reinvent the wheel. Find someone who, who can help you think through a methodical process uh, to help you get, once you've got that North Star identified, or maybe even through that process, that North Star becomes more clearly uh, defined. And then don't be afraid to, to do an assessment of where you are today. And then that will, just getting the ball rolling alleviates a lot of the, the inertia around, well, we'll get to it later. And I think that brings me to my final point, which is don't wait until it's too late, right? Yeah. Start some aspect of the process sooner than later. And I, I can tell you the owners that do that go on to have much more fulfillment, much more flexibility, much more freedom, um, and, and a much more a deeper sense in, of peace of mind. Yeah. And that's, that's the ultimate. And I actually, uh, I mean, you know, just, you know, just to, uh, add to what you just said, just, um, we have a free valuation business valuation on, on the show's website. When you go to inforizons.com forward slash podcast, there's a button there on the top right says so get free valuation. Um, you know, it's, it's free, you know, yeah. you get a, you get a free report on different areas of your business and, uh, and uh, you know you can you know bring in different advisors to help you tackle the different uh, aspects of the business that uh, that need to be handled. So uh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great. Um, how can thank people you, uh, uh, get a hold of you or follow up with you if they want to contact you to get some more? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So Josie too. I'm on LinkedIn. They can certainly feel free to call me. My direct line is eight one eight five nine one six two one nine. Uh, they can subscribe to the Ripcord Moment. That's a way I'm promoting information not dissimilar from, from you. Uh, or they can email me, um, first initial, last name, so jc2 at mortonwealth.com. Uh, We've recently re- rebranded. Okay. Um, so uh, they, they can reach out to me there. <laughs> okay. Our company website's mortonwealth.com, and my, my information's on the website as well. 
Okay, great. And we're going to have all of that in the show's notes as well. So, uh, you know, people shouldn't worry if they, they're not able to write it down. But yeah. thank you again. And uh, certainly appreciate your time with us today. Uh, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you.